Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, God is one. Amen. The first part of Epiphany follows a chronological arc that begins with the birth of Jesus at Christmas, his circumcision on the octave of the Nativity, the visit of the Magi in his youth on Epiphany Day, and his finding in the temple at the age of 12 on the first Sunday of Epiphany, his baptism on the second, and his first public miracle as he changes water into wine at the wedding of Cana on the third. These stories establish Jesus as both God and man. They reveal that Jesus is king, not only of the Jews, but of the Gentiles. And today's gospel reinforces Jesus' power and rule as God. But what we see is not his rule as an earthly king over a certain region or people. No, today what we see is that he is the ruler of all of nature. In the first story, Jesus and the disciples are crossing the Sea of Galilee after he had been preaching in one of the shoreside towns. The Sea of Galilee is really what we'd call a lake. It's a beautiful freshwater lake, about 7 by 14 miles. And it's fed from rain runoff from the mountains of Galilee and the Golan Heights. A fertile belt of land surrounds it, and today as then, fishing is done in the lake. The lake is some 600 feet under sea level, and sudden storms are not unusual as winds come sweeping down from Mount Hermon. And one of those storms comes upon the disciples while Jesus is asleep. Apparently it had been a long day or Jesus was quite the heavy sleeper because as the gospel describes the storm, it's so fierce that the waves were coming, uh, the ship was covered with waves. The disciples wake him up saying, Lord, help us, save us, we perish. And Jesus, quite calmly it appears, says, why are you so fearful, O ye of little faith? And he gets up and rebukes the winds and the sea, and there is a great calm. Little surprise it is that the disciples marvel at the fact that the winds and sea obey him. And this story of Jesus calming the storm establishes that Jesus is king over the physical world. Now, you may think this power is because he is God, and certainly there is truth in that, but it is also his power because he is human, fulfilling a perfectly obedient relationship with God that Adam and Eve failed to maintain. Recall that in the garden, God said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over everything, every living thing that moves on the earth. In the garden, we see a harmonious relationship of man and nature. And one of the images of the messianic age from Isaiah 11 is the wolf living with the lamb and the leopard lying down with the kid, and the calf, and the young lion, and the fatling together, and the little child leading them. As human beings, we are called to a harmonious relationship and control of nature. But in the fall, we broke not just ourselves, but all of creation. All of creation needed Jesus, and that's why we see in the Psalms and other places in the Bible the mention that the plants and nature rejoice at the coming of the Messiah. We also hear of many saints and their special relationships with ferocious animals. Saint Gerasim and Saint Jerome both helped lions with thorns in their paws and thereby befriended them. 
And there is this story about, say, Seraphim of Seraph. Two two nuns from a certain convent once came to visit St. Seraphim, and suddenly a bear lumbered in unexpectedly out of the woods and frightened the visitors with his appearance. Misha said the saint, why do you frighten the poor orphans? Go back and bring us a treat, otherwise I have nothing to offer my guests. Hearing these words, the bear went back into the woods. And about two hours later, he, the bear, tumbled into the holy elder's cell and gave him something covered with leaves. It was a fresh honeycomb of the purest honey. Father Seraphim took a piece of bread from his bag, gave it to the bear, pointed to the door, and the bear left immediately. In the second gospel story today, Jesus encounters two men possessed with demons. The demons recognize Jesus for who he is, even if the people don't, calling him the Son of God. Another time in this epiphany season that we are reminded of the divinity of Christ. And they recognize that they, these demons, are destined for an eternal torment. But they want to continue their rebel rousing for a while, and they beg Jesus to let them enter into this herd of pigs, a wish he grants, and which, ironically for the demons, leads to their destruction as the herd runs violently down a slope into the Sea of Galilee and drowns. Here we see another facet of God's kingship his rule over the spiritual realm. As I said at the beginning of the sermon, we should see God's rule over all of nature, and here it's complete. In today's gospel, we see that God rules over both the physical and the spiritual realm. All of creation, which includes not just the things we see when we look around, but the entire spiritual realm of angels and demons. Unlike the case of the disciples, though, there isn't much marveling going on here, at least not of a good kind. Jesus has angered the entire town. These pigs were likely their livelihood, and now it has all perished in the Sea of Galilee. And they ask him not to come over for dinner tonight, but to get out of their town. From these stories, we see that God's power can invoke different reactions for us. Are we like the disciples or the Gergesenes? Do we feel blessed by God's power or saved by God's power? Or do we feel like God is taking away our worldly stuff, taking away our freedom, and we'd rather him just go away. The epistle reading beautifully connects with the gospel passage in this respect, as it's St. Paul talking about our need to follow the civil authorities because their power derives from God. The clear undercurrent, of course, is that there must have been those in the church who thought that Christians should not respect the civil rulers or pay their taxes, etc. And of course, that's true. If they're calling us to renounce our faith, something that St. Paul lost his life to defend. But with respect to ordinary life, St. Paul tells us quite strongly that if we don't listen to them, we're not listening to God, and therefore we're damning ourselves. So, are we like Paul's hearers, disobedient, bucking the authority and power of God, or do we accept the fact that all power comes from God? Where are you today? I'm sure some days you appreciate God on those days when you feel like you're perishing in a storm, but what about those sunny days that suddenly seem to go wrong as your pigs run down the bank? On those days, do you see the good that happened? Do you see the humanity that was restored and the demons destroyed? Or do you merely fret over that which passes the way and that which was only in your possession to begin with because it was a gift of God? What will help us to always be aligned with God's will? 
What will help us to always see the good and heal, and heal us both physically and spiritually? The answer is love. As we read a little further into Romans 13, St. Paul says, you should owe no man anything except to love one another. For he who loves one another has fulfilled the law. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, he says, sums up all the law. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So when you feel like the Gergesenes, the foil is always love. It is love of God and our neighbor that overcome that feeling that we are somehow harmed by the power of God. Yes, that power of God can sometimes burn a little or even a lot as it refines us into the purest silver. But if we realize that the fire is the warmth of God's love for us, a burning desire to redeem us, to make us healthy, both physically and spiritually, a love that was worth God himself becoming a man, a faithfulness worth him dying for. He loves us that much. So if we can eke out just a small fraction of that love and thanksgiving for all we have, my brothers and sisters in Christ, then we will never feel like the Gergesenes. But we will only see that which passes the way being used in the service of restoring that which never passes away. We will see our pigs replaced with treasures in heaven. We will see that if God loves us enough to come down to earth and die for us, that a silly storm is nothing he can't handle. So may we give thanks for God's love of us, and may we pray that he gives us his power, the power of love, to restore creation to all of its original goodness. Amen. Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.